welcome back to the Five Ps podcast, where we discuss all things purpose, productivity, possibility, prayer, and pressure. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm really excited about today's conversation. I am joined today. I do have my sister, Ty, here. Hello. And I also have Marissa here from Mommy Me Time. I'm really excited about this conversation. We met via Instagram when Marissa reached out. She was talking about the pivoting episode. So today we're going to hear more about her story with pivoting and all of the great things she's working on. So stay tuned. With that, Marissa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, um, I'm 29 years old. I am a single mom of twin, three-year-old twins, boy and a girl. Um, I current, yeah, three-year-old boy and a girl. Um, I just left the education system. So I just transitioned out of the classroom into becoming a behavior analyst, where now I work with children um, that are have autism. Um, so yeah, that's just the basics of like me right now. First and foremost, hats off to you. You mentioned pivoting into a new career journey. So what is your why and was that a part of your career pivot? So my whole career pivot is was not ever a part of my plan. <laughs> um, since I was in second grade, I've always wanted to be a teacher. Since second grade, I knew I was going to be a teacher. I was going to go to college four years and be a teacher. Um, wow. I did that. I became a teacher. I was in the public um, school system for four years. When I got pregnant with my twins, I went out for maternity leave and my goal was to come back in August, but some way, um, person that knew me before contacted mm-hmm. me and was like, Hey, you should look into this private school for kids with disabilities. Cause I used to be a caregiver for her son who had CP, so cerebral palsy. And okay. my, I'm only gen ed certified. I only teach general education. <laughs> But she was like, check it out. Like, I think it'll be great. So I just, on maternity leave, shot an email to the director. Long story short, ended up working out. And it was great. Based on your sister's podcast episode that I heard, public school is a lot. It's a lot. It's a day-to-day. And I knew I was having twins. And I didn't know if I would have the mental stability to do both. I needed it. So I felt like that was God's way of like, hey, I'm giving you an out. Like I'm giving you an out. I pivoted out into this private preschool and it was supposed to be like inclusive. So it's supposed to have some kids with no disability, none disabilities, some with disabilities. I was there the first year. It was great, but it wasn't for me. Hmm. It wasn't what I was looking for or what I was told. And I can remember questioning God, like, why am I here? I wasn't trying to leave. Like you brought this to me. Why, why am I here? While I was there, one of my colleagues' son had autism. And she was like, you need to look into BCBAs, behavior analyst. And I'm like, what? What's that? Never heard of it. So I did a little research and I was like, yes, this this is me. I love all the children. The kids on the spectrum were like some of the kids that I gravitated towards the most. I pivoted out into a private Catholic school, special needs, a private Catholic school, just because the preschool wasn't for me, I felt like I was in, I was babysitting. I just felt like I was in a daycare and had all worked in daycares. I did it in college. It just wasn't what I was fulfilled. So I went and taught at the private preschool, I mean, private Catholic school. And while I was there, I earned my certification to become a behavior analyst and transitioned out of there 
just this past January. Wow. Well, first off, congratulations. Secondly, I wish Rochelle, so she was the one that was a teacher and she just <laughs> left. So I'm looking outside of my window like I need to get her up here. Right. And I just texted, I was like, are you still here? Are you still here? Like, I know you probably saw me look out of my window. I was like, because we just finished having this conversation around trying to connect, you know, who you're gravitating, who you naturally gravitate towards. And she was talking about for her, a lot of the career decisions she made was who, you know, was based on who she naturally gravitated to and almost being pulled into areas where others would not, you know, want to go Mm -hmm. because they feel like, you know, it's more difficult, it's more consuming, um, it's not almost like a vanilla, vanilla situation. Yeah. Yeah, get her in. So we're going to add Rochelle to this conversation because here's the thing. She's passionate about education as well. And I think her perspective on the need to pivot and just also just connecting to life purpose. It's just, um, it's, it's a full story. It's a full story. So while Rochelle is calling in, I'm curious um, about that career change and that career change coming while becoming a mother, because I know that's something that a lot of women can relate to is that, you know, once you have a a child, it's like, okay, now you have like this big revelation of, am I really doing what I enjoy? Is there more out there? How do I maintain my identity after becoming a mother? Like what, what would you say about all of that? Um, Finding my identity outside of being the twins mom has been a journey in itself. Um, That's kind of where my mommy me time came from. It came from a time where I was, of course, I'm a mom. That's who I am. But I've also was a student and it was like, I had no time for me. Like, who, who am I? What am I doing? And in that process, I realized like I couldn't be the only person out here struggling with that. Like I'm trying to reach all these goals, but I'm also trying to be the best mom I can be. There's no time for me. So starting my blog was like an escape. Like I literally (laughs) did it. The name came from mommy me time because I did it in my me time. (laughs) Literally that's where it came from. I would go in my kids, kid you not playroom, sit in the rocking chair. And I would just, and I felt it was like, I'm just now putting my face to it. Uh-huh. it is taking me um about a year and a half two years to even like put my face on it really yeah I can relate to that though and I, I I'm curious to know your why but I have this conversation with business owners all the time when I say when I launch things I'm not launching I launch it one because I feel led to launch it, but outside of that, not because I need more recognition for me, but it's like something on the inside of me that I'm just trying to get out. Um, And I don't need to be the face of the brand. I just want to have the whatever outlet it is. So like, what was your thought behind not being the face of your brand? (laughs) Mine is fear. I fear... (laughs) I feared what would come from it, like what people would say. Um, okay. People knew me, who, like it was right. just kind of like, I'm putting like myself on like, you know, like on this internet <laughs> and people are seeing my life and it was just kind of like, I feared what people would say or how they would take to it. 
And that's the thing that I'm starting to break is for myself is other people's validation, like validation from other people. I'm slowly learning to not care. I'm trying to not learn, you know, learn to not care. Um, right. On my Instagram page a couple of weeks ago, I literally posted the, um, what's his name? Jonathan McReynolds. Uh, oh, Jonathan Mm-hmm. and it's a part in the song that was like I don't know whose validation I was seeking like that was me like I feared not getting the recognition or the validation that I wanted and I was afraid of the negativity that would come behind it but I kid you not the one day I actually like posted it on my own personal things that was the day I got the best like reaction, reaction. Yeah. I was just like oh wow oh <laughs> It's the most freeing feeling and what you're describing, I can completely connect with it, completely resonates with me. Um, and then like the fear component of it when running a business, well, I think it's just the fear of just being a person, right? You know, even if you're not a business owner or launching something, I think sometimes it's just kind of how we're wired, you know, from a little child up, you know, to care about what other people Think you know, like you know, from how you dress, it's like, oh, you have to do this because this is the right way, or you have to wear your hair this way because it's the more preferred way. You have to have this job and you have to go through this path because it's the preferred way. And anytime you deviate or you pivot, I'm gonna go, guys, I'm gonna keep going back to the pivot word here. I think sometimes we become fearful because it's almost like the unknown. Um, and that's one of the journeys throughout even launching this podcast it was kind of rooted in the same thing you described it's like how can I break free of what the norm is or what the expected that God has given me to share with the world so with that um while we wait on Rochelle to join us yeah she said give her just a moment okay we're gonna give her a moment we're gonna just keep talking and hopefully we'll go over uh, I want to talk about I'm gonna pivot I told you I, I am random right I'm random because I want to get to these other questions about career but I want her to be a part of the conversation so I would uh I'm curious to know you know launching out into the blog and things like this when you reflect on your childhood um did you enjoy writing as a child did you see yourself as a entrepreneur because launching a blog is a form of business as well right right? um could you just talk to us a little bit about that (laughs) <laughs> I hate it right. <laughs> I am, if you ask all of my friends, it's the crazy thing. I am not the writer. Okay. I am not. Right. Um, in college, my friends would proofread my papers and be like, Marissa, what were you, what are you saying? And I would say, I said so and so, and they would be like, this is not what you wrote. This this isn't the same. So that is why when I got the like feeling to start a blog, it was comical to me because I'm like, I don't write. <laughs> That's not what I do. That's not my thing. Um, but it became because I guess then I was writing things that I didn't want to write. This was real. This was my life. This was real things that I do on a day to day. Um, as far as the entrepreneur, I've never wanted to start my own business. I've never like I've had friends who always say like you need to open up like your own daycare or you need to open up your school and I'm just like no (laughs) I like coming to work 
working and going home, I've always and being, and being I've, I've always felt like being an entrepreneur, you never is hard. And I guess I never thought about my blog as being me opening my own business. So it's funny that I guess, yeah, I've never, like, even at work, I'm a supervisor, considered supervisor. And then there's people over, it's like clinical directors and all of this thing. And just last week, I was like, I never want to be the clinical director. You have too many responsibilities, sir. Um, <laughs> I like coming to work and I like doing my job and I like to leave. And I like to go enjoy my family and my kids. So, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's probably another misconception is that everyone has to be a business owner. I think, you know, you can be excellent no matter what you do, but to be a business owner is a reach. But I would classify a blog as an entrepreneurship endeavor. Now that I think about it, you're right. I guess, look at God. You, The God says, if you want to make him laugh, tell him your plans. Tell me your right. plans. And I think that's the reason why pivoting is so it's just a part of life. It's a part of all we do. And it's a lot of times it's because we've come up with these plans. We've made, we've laid out what we're going to do. And usually the plans he has for us, we, we can't even think of these things. Like we can't think these things up if we, we tried. It's not until we get to that moment in time that something happens that we actually make that move. Right. So I want to call out that Rochelle has joined us. So Rochelle, who's made a major pivot and um, was a school teacher amongst other things. She was on, I don't know what episode of this podcast is going to be, but she was on a previous episode. Go check them all out, guys. But while we asked Rochelle to jump on, just because she and Marissa have a similar story as far as being school teachers and making the decision to pivot. And we were enjoying our conversation with Marissa's story about pivoting and ending up right now, you, you are a behavioral health specialist. Hopefully I got that right. That's right. Yeah, behavior analyst. Yeah. Behavioral analyst. Okay. We got it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. So I wanna so the next question is how did you know it was time to make that career pivot? So I told you about the I got into the school, got into well, back up. I was searching for the coursework um to get started on the certification to become a behavior analyst. And everything was like out of state or I was going to have to move and I couldn't pick up my kids and just move. So I remember praying, I kid you not, I remember writing in my prayer journal, like I need a school that I can afford with this much so I don't have to get loans. And lo and behold, two days later, all of a sudden the school pops up that I had already been to the website, but I guess I overlooked something. I get into the school. This when I got the private school, Catholic school, uh, and the t- principal was allowing me to do my um, direct hours and things through the school. Uh-huh. So I, this past year, I was the autism, I was the ASD teacher. So I was a teacher with the boys who had autism. That was my group. Love those boys wholeheartedly. Um, I finished classes. I passed my test in October. And I remember saying, I'm not quitting in the middle of the year. I was always the teacher that looked side-eyed at teachers who quit in the middle of the year. I was, I, I was that girl. I would give people like, how you going to quit on these kids in the middle of the year? Like that was me. Um, so 
I was like, well, half of my boys were only there half a day. So I was like, well, maybe I can do half a day and then find another job. Randomly sent out um, a message in a Facebook group for Black behavior analysts. I kid you not, random. Hey, I'm in this area. Anybody hiring a part-time BCBA, I am a full-time teacher. This girl messaged me, got the ball rolling. I ended up talking to the clinical director that day. He invited me in the next day. Crazy. Wow. So I approached my principal and was like, hey, I have this opportunity. She was like, no, 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 (laughs) no, I can't let you out of your contract. And I'm just like, okay, well, cool. Um, but it's funny because if God opens that door, nobody can shut it. Just nobody can shut it. If God opens it. So a couple of weeks later, um, my parapro at the time met with her and was like, I think you need to talk to Marissa. She wasn't trying to just quit. She was trying to like work part-time. So I ended up, it worked out. We ended up working part-time in the clinic after Christmas, you know, it was a spike with COVID. Mm-hmm. And my boys weren't there like the first two weeks of school. And I'm just sitting there doing nothing. And I'm just like, I could be at the clinic. I was like, they don't, I started to remember like, they don't really need me. Like I was holding on to them because I was like, I'm their teacher. They need me. I, I have to be here. Then something else happened, another happened. And then my parapro, who I love, who had all the years of experience anyways, she decided that she would take on the teaching part <laughs> I was just like are you serious and she was like yes I'm gonna take on the teaching part so you can go and I was like god my principal was happy she was happy that my parapro decided to take over it she took over the kids so I know they were taken care of I still talk to her I have some boys who actually come to clinic that I'm now their behavior analyst supervisor so it's just crazy it all worked it out. Is. So listen, one of my favorite scriptures, that was Romans 8 and 28, all things work together. Yes. So listen, it seems like it's even with the most minute things where it's just like, how is all of that going to make sense? But it seems like it all came together. Yes. And I think I think it's probably even a story. I'm sure uh, the individual who stepped up to be a school, be the teacher, I'm sure for her, that probably was maybe a dream role too. So you being able to leave also opened up opportunities for her. It allowed some other students to come in the room who were supposed to be in the room anyways. It all, it did, it all worked out. With that, right? Now you're in the role. What do you, you know, you've gone through all of this. What do you enjoy most about the career transition? Um, where I currently work in my current career, I have more freedom. Um, I am able to, so I'm like one-on-one with children. As a teacher, you have all these kids at once and you have to pivot in the classroom all day long. And I was always the teacher who ended up with the behavior kids. Um, so now like that's my job is to literally shape behaviors all day. So I have the autonomy to do it the way I want to do it and to be as creative as I possibly can and not have to sit there and wait for somebody who hasn't taught in 10 years to tell me what to do. <laughs> I have 
the the ability to do it the way I need to do it and I feel like I have the support of like my team I can walk into the office and say listen I got this kid who does this I need help I've been in schools where teachers were like I'm not telling you I'm not helping I'm not this is I'm not telling you so it's, it's definitely like I love it I it's amazing <laughs> This is Rochelle. Like, you, oh, <laughs> you, you said something. Um, you said that you always ended up with the behavior kids. Um, and that really stuck out because sometimes when you're a strong teacher and you can handle the behaviors, they're always like, oh, well, give it to so-and-so. She can handle it. Give it to so-and-so. She can handle it. And it becomes overwhelming because when you have so many and every year is the same thing with limited support, it sometimes can weigh down on you. And I think sometimes they don't realize even the strong teachers need breaks and need resources and need support more than say your new teachers, your first year teachers. So um, I just kind of wanted to hit on that, um, especially now that you are a behavior analyst, you know, you can provide some support and some resources to those strong teachers that always get those behavior kids. That was definitely me. <laughs> My first year, my very first year ever teaching, I was a new kid on the block, the baby in the school. And you know, when you first start teaching, you're like rainbows and butterflies, everything's gonna be great. And they gave me inclusion, the inclusion classroom where I had 26 students, but out of those 26, maybe 11 had a special, with special needs. Um, a couple of them would have had a special needs for like behavior. I kid you not, that was my favorite year teaching. But that one year literally set the trajectory for the rest of the years because it was always like, give Miss Craft, Miss Craft can get it, Miss Craft can handle it, call Miss Craft, Miss Craft, I need you to come. And it was like, like you said, it was overwhelming, it was draining. I started to feel like this isn't fair. I'm sorry that I can handle yeah. it. I feel like we need to train somebody else to handle yeah. it. Yeah. Spread the wealth. It's my like, spread the wealth. I helped them just to spread it a little bit. Yeah. Yep, that was me. <laughs> Oh, goodness, y'all. Listen, I could go. I, I want to dive into that right. because I feel like this is like a, our education system is broken. I feel like when you, when you watch the news, you know, like we've been talking to people about pivoting, pivoting. I think the one that when you turn on the news, when you talk about people pivoting, most of the people are pivoting from education and it's the foundation of our country. I mean, it's the foundation of the world. And I feel like that's where we have a lack of resources, lack of support. And all of this plays a part in everything else we do. It's, it's really crazy to see the system again um, and to see that even with our tax dollars, it's really not enough. I think there are a lot of biases that kind of go into all of it as well, which that's why a lot of people are, are leaving. It's, it's, it's a lot to handle and balance. Um, Especially when you don't have the support behind you. And most teachers start, you know, you don't go into teaching just, to, you know, for whatever reason, like you usually go into teaching because there is, you care about the kids, you care about the outcomes, you, your heart is there, you know, you feel like that's where your purpose is, you know, like a, a portion of like, you've been called to serve in this capacity. And um, I don't know, just to be limited based on the system is crazy, to say the least. Where I currently work, we have like a contract with one of the school systems here, where we go into like some of the schools in the classrooms to help teachers, which long term goal 
I do want to go back in education, but not as a teacher. I want to go back as a behavior analyst to help teachers because now like when I walk into these classrooms, there's simple things that a teacher can change that will change the whole classroom. Sometimes it's not just the kid. It's like a classroom management. It's a structure thing. And what I learned from like experience, a lot of teachers don't pivot. They won't pivot from year to year. Every year I had to pivot my classroom. I had to pivot the way I taught some. I had to pivot the way I ran it because all kids are different. They're not the same. Every year something's new. And now it's COVID and totally different. So I think, I think it also, we also need more training. Teachers need more training. You get like one or two classroom management classes in college. But that's nothing. You walk into the classroom and it's a whole nother a new world game. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's like getting home. It's in the sink or swim. This another teacher was in charge. And so when you actually go, you're like, wait a second, it was this not what I remember when I was with this so and so in my internship. Because now it's you. It, it like it all falls onto you. And there is so much uh, limited support for educators out there. And there's, there's so much more that educators do beyond just um you know teaching like it's so many different levels to it and people don't see that I think that's why teachers get this negative rep or this like the short end of the stick like all you do is teach no 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 no. <laughs> we do so much more than teach that just people just don't want to acknowledge everything that happened I remember telling my dad he used to say well at least you have summers off and I was like I work hard for these summers yes. off <laughs> And then the and summer's off aren't really off. You're Pinteresting yep, what you yep. do the next year. You're looking up like you're not really off. Or you're in a training. Or you're, or you're in, you know, a new implementation for a program. So now you have to go do. It's, it's never truly a summer off. <laughs> right. So with all of, all of those things and all of the frustrations, what keeps you grounded? And what keeps you passionate about being in the field of education? the kids like I feel like kids are they are the next the bigger picture is the children right now like I do education one of my actual students that I just finished teaching is now at the clinic with me full-time and I just look at him and I'm thinking he has so many strengths and he has so many things that he can do but if it, it just takes one person to be able to bring it out, I think their, their abilities, I'm very strong on you have to have a higher expectation. Kids only going to go as far as you expect them to go. So that keeps me going, seeing the little things that they do. For me at the clinic now, some kids won't even, if you say clap, they may look at you and don't do anything. Things that we take for granted, some parent is like dreaming that their child will just clap. So we're celebrating all these little things. So that's what keeps me grounded is the little things in life now. Small things that day to day, saying, hey, waving, all the things that to the regular people, they don't see. But I see parents every day come in and hey, those things are worth it. The classroom, um, when I was in the classroom, what made it worth it was this child could not add. When she found and this child would see on her face made me like it was all worth it. Like just the children itself make it worth it. That's how oh, I wow. continue That's to go in the field thing. of children. That's really beautiful. Thank so uh, <laughs> that, that is your why. 
and kids are a great joy. Uh, so what role uh, would you say that your faith has played in your decision in your the, I had when I tell you, I told you guys I had no plans of leaving public school. I'm right. trying to get to my 10 years uh, so I could get to and it just kind of got like the private preschool that I mm-hmm. went to was a faith-based preschool. So that was crazy within itself. We would pray. The kids had to pray. And that was new because in public school, you don't pray. You can't pray. Um, it's against the rules. Um, so my faith, like I told you guys, I wrote in my prayer journal about where I was going to go to school and how I would afford it. And voila, it happened. Um, being able to transition from the school to the clinic, I wrote in my prayer journal, like, God, you told me. <laughs> this is what you told me to do. Why is it not happening? Like, what? did I misunderstand? And lo and behold, here it goes. Um, even in my personal life, like I thought things would happen a certain way and it didn't. And now I'm just like, what happened? And so I feel like I'm still learning to just trust the process, trust God's plan, trust. That is like you said earlier, it's all going to work out. Um, at church today, our pastor said, we learned based off of the pandemic that if you can't pivot in life, you're not going to make it. Mm. So I've pivoted in things career-wise. Now I'm learning to pivot in a personal way, which I think the career kind of prepared me because it gave me examples of him working it out. Um, I I have proof that it worked out. So now he's like, all right, it's time to sharpen up. We're pivoting now personally. You don't really have control over this part. So I'm, it's playing a whole lot. It's, it's a whole lot. <laughs> He's, I mean, that's, that was it. I was going to say, you said trust the process. That statement has been my motto for about four years now is trust the process. Although what I'm looking at, I have to remember that this is a spiritual thing. You know, I keep, I just, even last night, I'm talking to God. I was like, God, I need help in this. I said, because I keep looking at this with my natural eye. And I said, I have to keep remembering that this is a spiritual thing. So help me to continue to trust in you, to trust this process that I'm going through because I'm here for a purpose. So I like that. Well, my, piggybacking off of that, my favorite scripture is Matthew, I don't know if it's six or seven. I don't want, don't quote me wrong, but it's seek and you shall find. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so to me, I feel like I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago and it was like seeking you should find now when I used to read that I felt like that was like seek the things you want seek joy seek happiness seek the money but that gave me a new perspective because he was talking about whatever you seek you're gonna find it so if you're seeking the bad parts that's what you're gonna find if you knock on the doors of negativity that's what you're gonna find so you have to constantly seek seek the things in the process that are giving you joy that are your why seek the happiness seek seek what you can control like my thing is I have to release the control I have a control problem I need to release that of like this ain't for me like I can't I gotta let you have it and I just gotta do what I can do and trust like you said the process just right like you said earlier you were talking about fear in that you had to realize that you had to release that fear in order to be able to go where he was trying to take you although it didn't look it wasn't what you thought you wanted, but he was taking you somewhere and you had to go through that process to get there. Isn't that a beautiful message for all of us? 
And I would also piggyback on that scripture, you know, when you seek the Lord in him, all of the things you think you need, he'll he'll be able to strip that back and show you what he really desires for you. So, you know, he knows the plans and thoughts he has for us. So I think just getting into that place of trust, and I think it, it goes beyond the career, like Marissa said, it's it's everything. It's all the relationships we have in our lives, whether it be friendships or um, otherwise, he kind of starts to reveal things and pull back what we think is the foundation of our being, you know, our identity that we build up with all of these attributes, where you live at, who you work for, how you like to dress, like all of the things that we tie to our identity is when you seek him, it's like, no, you don't need those, those, those things. It's good, but it's not really what you need. And earlier when you were speaking, I wrote down the word freedom. And I can't remember at which part of the conversation I wrote that down. But I think one thing I got from your story was the freedom to just go in a different direction. I, I think that's maybe where you were talking about moving away from what was you thought to be the thing. And I wrote down the word freedom. That's what I was getting from your your story. So with that, thoughts on freedom and faith. Um, it seems like you you started your blog in the podcast. So that was a bit of a pivot as well. So one question I have for you is how do you see your does your does your blog tie over to your career pivot? Or is that something that you that you have on the side that allows you to express yourself in a different manner? Um currently my blog is just a way of me expressing myself. Um I haven't, I think on my, on my homepage about me, I talk, I talk about my career. Um, but like the, the entries that I've written are all about just like personal mom things that I deal with. Um, I haven't tied it into talking to you now gives me the idea. I really could write a blog about my pivoting in life and education and being a mom and all the things with that. So no, I haven't yet tied it all together. Again, I'm just now putting my face on it. So. Listen, hey, there you, you can walk, you can run, you can do whatever, do it at your own pace. You do it at your own pace. But while we're talking about your blog, could you tell us more about your blog and how you got started and what you hope readers get from visiting your site? Um, so my blog started off when I was in the middle of taking classes to transition to become a behavior analyst. Um, I was a mom, twins, full-time mom in school, and I was also still working full-time as a teacher. So I was crazy. I was mm -hmm. all over the place. I was exhausted. Um, and in starting the blog was like the outlet. It was fun. It was something um, to do. I actually got the feeling like I was like, you need to write about it. You need to tell people because you're not the only one going through this. There are women around the world who are being a mom in school, working full time, and they feel like they can't do it all because, you know, social media today says it's all rainbows and marshmallows. Um, so always fake. <laughs> yes. So I started, um, like a couple of my friends were like, Marissa, you're doing great. Like you're doing good. So I just started doing like listing the things that like tips that I do on a day to day, like regular girl, basic tips that I would write. Um, I also have part of the blog, like I have it called Soul Care. 
And that's basically like little experts, excerpts from like um, scriptures. I may have a scripture and I may just write about it, my perspective of what I took from that scripture. Um, I have my last two entries are about mom. So I had wrote an entry like mommy guilt. Mm-hmm. And I wrote another one called the letter to my mommy guilt. Um, because I feel that that's something we all deal with too. You're trying to be the best mom you can be. Mm-hmm. But little things like within our my life, things have pivoted. And so things that once were aren't there anymore. So I take on the guilt of that. I started to feel like, what what can I do? What did I do? Um, so I wrote about that. So I just write about different day-to-day things. I try to give out tips, regular tips, um, soul care. So things from um, Bible scriptures. And that's basically what I write right now. I absolutely love that. And to your point, a lot of women can relate to that because it's hard juggling it all. It's hard trying to go after your own personal goals while making sure your kids have the best of the best in life. And they just have someone that's present while you're juggling everything else. So I am excited to check out your blog. I already went on there, but, you know, I need to go spend some time with it. And I encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast episode, please go and check it out. So we all can get that soul care. It's really important because when you're a mom, normally you're pouring into others. You're always trying to be present. And if you're not careful you leave very little space for yourself to be full and whole. And in order to keep, you know, the kids moving forward and your broader village moving forward, you have to take a moment to take care of yourself. So you guys need to go follow her, check out the blog and all of the things. And I will have everything included today's show card. So more to come with that. She's going to plug herself here in a second. But before we jump, I do have two more questions for you. The first thing, looking ahead, what do you enjoy most about your career and where you're heading? Um, Right now, personal career, I enjoy, like I told you guys, autonomy, the freedom. Um, Going forward, I wanted to go into the clinic to get the clinic experience of working with children with autism. Going forward, at some point in my life, I plan to go back into the education system to train teachers, to work with teachers to show them different ways or a different perspective and to come from a perspective of, I was you, I was in your shoes. Um, As a teacher, I hated people coming into the classroom who had not taught. They had never had, they had never stood in seven-year-olds and they would come and tell me to do all these things. It would bother me. So um, that's one thing I want to do as far as that career. As far as my blog, um, I just want to continue to empower women. I want to motivate women. I want to speak life into women. I want to be a source of like motivation, a source of self-care tips or, you know, just a place where they feel like, okay, I'm not the only one. I want to speak to them. I want to meet them. I want to do all those things at some point. I want to be on um, panels. I want to, you know, do all the things um, for women in that that realm of life so that's what I want in the future I I I pray that all of you you achieve all of that plus more hope God blows your mind with all 
all the things you desire. All of it sounds so, so great. <laughs> it really does. I'm excited, y'all. So I'm sitting here cheesing because uh, I'm really excited. You ought to see her enthusiasm as she shares this as well. So because God has been blowing your mind thus far. I don't think he's going to stop now. Right. So. <laughs> okay. Can I tell you guys this? Come on here. Yes. <laughs> quarter, quarter one of 2022 was rough. Hard. I wrote you just to tell you, like, I enjoyed your first podcast. I never expected you to ask, you want to be a part? And I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I've always wanted to do one, but I have, I've never been a person just putting myself out there. That's, I'm, I just fear. I get nervous and I don't, but I don't mind speaking in front of people. That doesn't bother me. It's just the initial contact of asking. Um, so this blew my mind. Like quarter two is starting off. <laughs> oh my goodness. Look at you guys. You just had to get the bad stuff out of the way. Quarter one, yeah. quarter two. <laughs> so he's blowing it already. Girl. Yeah, sometimes I- he'll put you in positions that you didn't even know that you were asking to be in. Like you knew you wanted to be in, but he kind of opens the door for you. So you put out that email. It's like you stepping out on the faith that I've already, I already told you these great things are going to happen in your life. So now I just need you to trust me enough to do what I'm asking you to do. And you sending out just an email, a message. God is like, see, now you're in a position of where I want you to be. So let me continue to bless you. So it's aligning with the will of what he wants for your life. What is his will for your life? And sometimes we get so focused on what we want that we step out of that alignment. Um, you talk about church today. We talk about uh, our uh, our pastor Rhoda. Shout out to Pastor Rhoda. Told us that it was self sacrifice. She's gonna kill her. <laughs> All right, Pastor Rhoda Jones. Yes, uh, she talked about self sacrifice and sacrificing what we want as our for ourselves and allowing God to pour in what He wants for us. Um, and so, you know, that fear is very crippling at times, but when you just trust it and trust that God is going to cover everything that he said he's going to cover, um, it becomes less fearful because you know that even if you fall, he has uh, somewhere to catch you or he's going to give you wings to fly. So it's, it's just either or. Right. It's and it's that- so encouraging too, because she, with you saying you reached out to me, encouraged you to be on this platform, you reaching out to me here, your platform helped me overcome something else as well so it's just it's all interconnected that you you never realize that you whatever you're struggling with the other person might be struggling with something else and when you come together you're able to walk in your destiny so girl thank you for reaching out (laughs) mustard seed of faith is what i was gonna say it is it's crazy it's it's this is it's all crazy (laughs) <laughs> I, can't explain. I can't explain it it's just crazy <laughs> just in awe of the things God has done for you what are you talking about I think again I think that's the reason why community is so important that's something I talk about especially a lot on Instagram and it's the beauty of co- broader community, being able to connect with people from all over. You've never met them before, but you're all, when you really look at it, we're all in life together. We're all trying to figure it out together. And I'm able to lean on you for something. You're able to lean on me for something. And if we're able to really 
build a broader village, we'll all achieve our goals. We're all different. We all are unique. We all have different gifts and talents. Mm -hmm. But like the scripture says, iron sharpens iron, right? So what I can't do and what I don't know. I said that earlier. Yeah, someone else is able to come in and say, hey, Jessica, you know, you need to tie up or be encouraged. It's all going to work out or hey, you encourage me. It's all of those things. It's really give and take and it's really pouring back into that cup by having community. So I'm encouraged by all of this, guys. (laughs) This is amazing. amazing. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I fully believe it. When I started the podcast, guys, it really was beyond my story, right? Because, you know, my story is kind of, it is what it is. Like it, there, there, it's multifaceted, but I'm more so interested in the plight of others, right? Because success comes in so many different forms. And so, Sometimes we don't tell other people like, hey, I'm proud of you. You're successful. Or, hey, how did you overcome this? Right. Right. And that's why earlier we were talking about everyone doesn't have to be an entrepreneur. And when I talk to people about the podcast or even like some of my business endeavors, it's my thought isn't that everyone should have the same journey. But along the way, there are things that each one of us will learn that's transferable no matter where we're at in life. And if we're able to connect to purpose, our God-given purpose to be specific, mm-hmm. and we're able to understand who God has called each of us to be, you know, in, in our the beauty of that and the uniqueness of that, all of that together builds a, a beautiful story. And we get to see the world as he wants us to see the world. We get to see people grow and thrive and be prosperous in the areas God has called them to be prosperous in. So, right. yay. Look, we're like spirits here. Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. So, okay. <laughs> were you about to say something? I was about to say, this is just great. <laughs> Again. <laughs> oh, I've enjoyed this conversation so much. So mm-hmm. before we get off, I like to end the podcast with just a general question. Um, one, almost like a tidbit to share with others. Um, so what's the best advice you've ever received or what's your go-to scripture when you need encouragement? Ooh, so I'll try to answer both. The okay. best advice right now on the top of my head, I just received it yesterday. Okay. And it was... You're not, you, you didn't fail. You're failing just because you're failing. Doesn't mean you failed. Mm. Uh, things happen and you may fail at the test. You can keep taking the test. Um, you may didn't get that job. You failed at that job. That doesn't mean you failed as a, a career, your profession. Uh, I just, it's crazy. I just got that yesterday and it was like, okay, yes. I get it. Um, I have a lot of go-to scriptures. The seek, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. I don't want to quote the actual chapters because I feel like I'm going to get it wrong. Um, I really like, I got the girls in community. We're in this together. Here we go. Teamwork. I probably quoted it wrong myself. Um, (laughs) <laughs> lean not on your own understanding because I've I've realized like again I make all these plans and it don't work and I have to remember to lean not on my own um, understanding that he has other plans for me um so I can't 
think about, you know, personal understanding and human thoughts. And my other go-to scripture is, my last one is, therefore stop worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble. Matthew 6, 34. Um, worrying isn't, worrying isn't helping. What are you, what are you gaining by worrying? If you really believe in God and you really have the faith, hold on to that faith and let the worrying go. So I'm learning. That's my new one. My new favorite right now. (laughs) I listen, you know what? I love all of those. And I actually told you wrong before when I said it, the other scripture uh, was Matthew 6 and 33 is actually Matthew 7 and 7. Uh, where it says asking it uh asking it shall be given to you seeking you shall find knocking the door shall be open to you but you came and read matthew 6 and 34 which mm-hmm. is right before the other one uh, that i was saying which is um uh, but seek you first the kingdom and his righteousness his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be given unto you Girl, you know, you just you just laid out some good scriptures for us to all meditate on when we talk about going after things and pivoting and just being in alignment with what God has for us. So I and then even the thought of failing, it's like if you're seeking him, you really, truly can't fail because you will always be in his will if you're seeking what he desires for you. And like I said earlier, if if God opened that door, if that's the plan that he has for you and he opened that door nobody nobody can shut that door like right. nobody it's gonna happen it won't be on your time it'll be on his time but if that is really his plan and that's really the door that he wants you to go through and he opens it girl nobody can shut that door nobody <laughs> <laughs> listen nobody. you guys take that write it down and remember it nobody okay nobody so um whatever he's placing your heart just remember, nobody can occupy that seat but you because he's called you to it. Marissa, I've enjoyed this so much. Me too. Yes. Great. I, this has been good. This has been good. And Rochelle, thanks for jumping on to join us. And Ty, thanks for being here as well. My pleasure. Always happy. Always happy. Especially to chit chat with a fellow educator. Like, I love looking at other people's perspectives of education and not just mine, you know, so it's always nice to talk to, uh, you know, the fellow educators in the world. Yeah. And Rochelle shared out some great resources for teachers who are looking to pivot. And I think I included that in the previous episode. I will include that in today's episode. Marissa, Rochelle, you guys should connect. I'm quite sure you guys have a lot in common. I know Rochelle uh, is a part of an organization that does um, mentoring for teachers Mm -hmm. who transition. So you may know others that are looking to Mm -hmm. get into that as well. So listen, this is all about community here. I did an event back in December called The Bridge and I truly, I, I take that seriously. I love to connect people with other people that you guys, can make the world a better place so (laughs) so again thanks for being on the podcast we can't wait to see the great things you have in store it's gonna be it's only up from here if so Ty any closing thoughts no I was just gonna have Marissa tell us where we can find her at Um, (laughs) so 
My blog is Mommy Me Time, but the time is spelled T-Y-M-E. So Mommy Me Time is my blog. You can also find me on Instagram, again, at Mommy Me Time with the time spelled T-Y-M-E. Um, you can email me at mom at mommymetime.com. And those are my shameless plugs right now. <laughs> Listen, there is nothing shameless about it. You build a community um, and everyone needs to know about it. So girl, we love it. Um, so guys, again, I will include all of the information on today's show card. So you'll be able to contact her directly. I do encourage you to reach out and tell her that you heard her over here on the Five Piece Podcast. So give some encouragement as well. This has been really great and you, you're you doing great things. So be encouraged, girl. Thanks. Keep doing what you're doing. This is great, right. guys. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Girl, my platform is your platform. Feel free to come back and tell us about the journey, okay? Because next season, we're talking about the journey. So once you pivoted, now we're going to start talking about the unique journeys within all of these fields and just with life. So, girl, stay in touch. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Five Piece Podcast. It was such a pleasure meeting Marissa and getting to know more about her pivoting story. Please check out Marissa and Mommy Me Time. There will be a link in the show cards. Reach out to her and let her know that you heard her here on the Five Piece Podcast and send her some encouragement. Alrighty, guys. So now it's time for our church announcements. So... You guys already know, if you haven't joined our community over on LinkedIn, please go over to LinkedIn, look for Promising Presence, Curated Connections, and join our private group where we share tips about being successful and encouragement as well. Also, if you haven't followed us on Instagram, what are you waiting on? Go over to Instagram and follow the number 5PS podcast. So that's 5P's podcast. All right, our second church announcement is, if you guys are looking for inspirational apparel, go over to uniquetreats.com and grab something. I'm sure you will find something that you'll love. Um, and if you're, you hear this in time, grab something for Mother's Day. Grab something for Mother's Day. I'm sure your mom would love some unique treats gear. Last but not least, if you've made it this far into the podcast, thank you. Take a moment out to like, leave a comment, subscribe to us on whatever streaming service you use, and make sure you tell others that we are here and we are growing, knowing, and glowing together. With that, guys, take care. I can't wait to speak with you again.